recording? Yes. Hi, Josh. Hi, Ellie. Hi, Danger Josh. Hi, Precocious Ellie. No. No? That's what you said during our recording. Mm. Our original recording, which we're going to be getting to in just a little bit. We are. Where we talk with Amy Bailey. Amy Bailey of California, USA. Mm-hmm. So, uh... We went, uh, Josh and I went on a trip. We yep. went to California. You will note that we didn't miss an episode, even though we were on a nine-day vacation. We continued to produce the podcast. Because we are pros. And we're committed to yep. this uh, Sunday schedule. Yep. We were in California, USA, and we had dinner with Amy Bailey mm-hmm. and... We recorded an episode that we're calling Culture of Feedback. Yep. And it was brought to my attention uh, sometime in the recent days that Josh doesn't have any idea what I'm talking about when I say Culture of Feedback, even though I say it all the time. I get the gist of it, but every time I try to say it back to you to make sure that I'm understanding it, I'm I'm flatly told that I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> because I'll be like, oh, so do you mean, you know, just having a really open environment that you can talk? And you're like, no, it's different. It's that and more. So what I mean is that there is a culture in the place that you work where people understand and know how and uh, do a good job of giving each other feedback day to day, even if it's uh, little things or especially if it's little things mm-hmm. and that um, feedback is freely given in the spirit of helping each other grow and improve because everyone is committed to that, to mm-hmm. helping each other do better. Um, and uh, nobody feels weird about it. And it's not a, you can't give me feedback because you're not my boss. It's, Anyone can give anyone else feedback, and they should. It's their responsibility as coworkers to uh, help each other improve when you see something that is an opportunity for someone to improve on. So sure. it's not just it's uh, it's so much more than just an open um, open communication or transparency. It is act. It's more active than that. It sure. is. I am actively trying to help my coworkers improve and they are actively trying to help me improve and we are working on it and talking about it every single day. I think there's an inherent awkwardness, especially here in Minnesota, about doing that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to displace you. You're still a valid person, but I want to say this about you. And I'm, I, I definitely agree with what you're talking about because... It can only help better everyone. It's not just about that one person. It's not about you. It's about you saying, I've noticed this. Just take it as feedback that I feel like you could do this and it would improve this and here's why I think that. Mm -hmm. And it's going to help your work. It's going to help your coworker. And that is going to in turn help you and it will help your customers and it's going to help your customers it's going to help your boss it's going to help your whole company if everyone is doing this it just makes a lot of sense but there's so many barriers to it well i think it's not just 
I think it's not just an opportunity or an environment. I think it's a responsibility and a commitment that people mm. have to make as coworkers to each other. Sure. Uh, to give each other that feedback. And you're right. It is weird in Minnesota because there are things that we would just rather not say. Yeah. And we get into that a little bit. And that's why I think it's kind of funny that we recorded this in California where I always forget until I go there that people look at you on the street. <laughs> people engage with you and they're like, I don't know, more, um, I don't know. They're just, we kind of look away from each other when we're just walking down the street. It's weird. But then particularly the person we're talking to, Amy Bailey, is very outspoken, mm-hmm. very not Midwestern in any way. Uh, so it's a good conversation. And what what I think is important to note is that this is the first of many, many culture of feedback conversations that um, I think we should have uh, on this podcast, uh, especially because we have plenty of time because it's a weekly podcast. Yeah, we got plenty. We got fifty-two plenty of times. Yep. So, what I want to do is talk to lots and lots of people about this because I've been on kind of a quest for a number of years to find or recreate this culture of feedback, and I think I'm close. And I think I'm close to understanding uh, what makes it happen, but I just want to keep talking to people about it, and I think it's important. Maybe because I'm kind of a hippie, and I think that work can be a better place. Maybe the missing thing is magic. <laughs> I don't think it is. It's not. Not even when you do that with your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> so right. that's what I mean by culture of feedback. This is just the beginning. And uh, enjoy the conversation with Amy Bailey because she's delightful. Okay. I'm going to transition now to the previously recorded audio and I will do my actual transition because you tried to do one yourself in the recording and it doesn't go as well. What do you mean? Oh, the count. Three, two, one. Go. Go. Are we recording? Yes. Are you going to count it, count it in? Do you want to no. count us in? No, I'm not going to count. Oh, because I talked about I'm it. Count boycotting now. Count because I talked about it too Take much. <laughs> <laughs> right. Even I do a three, two, one. Three, two, two one. one. Go. <laughs> wow. You're ripping me off. Hi, uh, Danger Josh. Hi, sometimes Danger Ellie. Precocious. Precociously dangerous Ellie. Hi, Amy Bailey. Hello, you two. How are you enjoying California? Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Quite well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Amy, you should introduce him because I don't know how to say his last name. David Ochoa. Ochoa. Yeah. Hello. Maybe. Hello. Hello. Is this Ochoa. your podcast debut? I think it is, as yeah. far as Whoa. non-magic podcasts go. Non- oh, you've been on magic podcasts before? So do Maybe magic one. podcasts not count? <clears throat> what kind of magic tricks can you do for us? Mostly <laughs> <laughs> the card variety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you play magic. So do you have a top hat? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, actually. First time <laughs> I did. Uh, I did. lost it on a trip going from... One city to another over in Europe. I lost a hairpiece that way flying from Paris to London. You had a hairpiece? I did. Well, not like a bun that uh, my friend had. For the wedding? I was in a wedding. <laughs> and um, With the shoes. 
with the shoes and the Dior dress. And on the way back from Paris to London, I also had a a dyed to match like a nineteen sixties crisscross braid bun. Mm. And on the way back in London, they obviously searched my luggage and Ethel, which is what I named said hairpiece, clearly escaped. Yeah, mm. yeah I you know what? The since. same thing happened to me. Yeah. No, he lost just kidding. Hair yeah, just kidding. <laughs> Not at all. Okay, so this episode of seriousness, this podcast is uh-huh. neither about hair pieces nor magic. Neither. No. Yes, we should say Amy Bailey has a podcast about Magic the Gathering. It's true. Called I do the Planeswalker Guide. Planeswalker yeah. Guide. There mm-hmm. are a lot of which we will link to that listen to this podcast. Are there lots and lots of nerds that listen to this? There are. I heard um, nerds. And mm-hmm. we know. That's not just figurative. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so I'm sure they would be interested in checking that out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. we'll, so we'll link to that. Um, but. Uh, Amy, we know each other from work. We know each other from work from a long time ago. Like, I know you pre-anything that most people know you from now. That's probably true. Pre-baby. Mm-hmm. Pre... Pre being married, pre not being married, pre- <laughs> pretty much, pre- pretty much everything. Pre- yeah, pre stuff. I, I was. I think we met. I. It was. I think I was like twenty two. I think I was twenty three or twenty four. So yeah. it's been a while. Yeah, it's because I'm time. I'm at least twice that old. Five years now. <laughs> Five years. Oh, bless <laughs> your cotton socks. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, you're going to hear some different noises here because we're recording in this Oakland. In, in fabulous Oakland, Oakland California. California. It's a little extreme, but yes, we're in NorCal. Close, close we're in Oakland where we say hella. And you say NorCal <laughs> like you're not disgusted by the I'm phrase. not disgusted by NorCal or SoCal. Okay. I'm not. I think it's hella. I mean, I'm disgusted by Southern California, but <laughs> South, I don't mind. South California. It's South California. Southern California. Ellie wants posted on some form of social media that she was going to be in California and I was like which one the good one or the not so good one (laughs) (laughs) and I knew exactly what you meant no offense to my friends in LA Mm -hmm. so I am more than happy to talk about giving and receiving a feedback as though it were manna from heaven um and also how to manage your friends (laughs) okay good Mm -hmm. not managing the friends that you have I don't want to manage my friends. My like friends are delightful and eclectic many. and ridiculous all on their own. Mm-hmm. They don't need any help. But being the boss of people. Being the boss of your friends is something I have a great deal of expense. Expense. Expense and experience. <laughs> true. It can be expensive. It can be costly. Mm-hmm. Yes, the emotional bill can sometimes be high. Okay, mm-hmm. so when we met mm-hmm. all those five years ago. Five minutes ago? Are you five, kidding me? It's five, like a, Five to twenty. Blink of an eye. Five to twenty years ago. Right. Um, we, uh, I, I, we worked at Pete's Coffee. Uh huh. And we didn't work at the same store. Nope. But I ended up working at this store that I kind of thought of as like a petri dish of good behavior. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't know why it was like this, but, um, I was. A few years into my management of people career, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call, uh, I wouldn't refer to myself as a leader yet at that point. Mm-hmm. I was a manager. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit of a totalitarianistic manager. What? I, well, what? Which I'm not now. That 
is ridiculous. <laughs> when I came to Pete's from the place I worked at PJ's, the people in New Orleans, mm -hmm. the people in New Orleans where I worked, who were, who I was the boss of, made, we all made action figures, or they made action figures. They didn't actually make the action figures, but they oh. made up what we would all be uh -huh. if we were action figures. Uh -huh. And mine was like bossy, it was like super bossy and had um, like a, like a pen or a calculator in one hand and then a, a scrub brush in the other and it was yelling at people to clean. <laughs> well, I am a big fan of if you're leaning, you could be cleaning. Yeah. So that Don't was... waste my labor dollars, mm -hmm. you know, and we will be good friends. Yeah. Why are you standing? And then I will be managing my friends. Why are you being still? Yeah. Why are you standing still? Yeah. There's yeah. stuff to clean. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So that was me. Right. But I tried not to be that way when I came to, to work at Pete's and mm -hmm. what I observed, I was trying not to come in. It was... It was a place of a lot of, um, I guess, like a rich history. There was a lot of reverence for the particular store that mm -hmm. I worked at. Mm -hmm. um, and I tried not to come in guns blazing, uh, as my action figure <laughs> <laughs> would have me do. And uh, I just tried to observe for a while. And what I noticed was that um, there was this culture there that I came to refer to as the culture of feedback, where... Um, people would uh, give each other feedback and and just casually throughout the day like it, it was kind of weird mm -hmm. if you went through the day and somebody didn't give you feedback of some it, form or another of some form or yeah. another just in the way that you handled certain interactions with right. customers or the way you were mm -hmm. uh, talking about beans coffee beans mm -hmm. or talking about tea or just doing your job and I thought it was really cool, and I hadn't really experienced that level of maturity before between coworkers. I think that's like, you know, knowing that, and I'm totally cutting out here, it's like knowing Pete's in that era and the size of company that it was, it's like that is the only level at which that company was mature. Yeah. Well, it was... <laughs> So it was this little, it was this little pocket of, yeah. of goodness that, yeah. I don't know, I feel like it was kind of where I cut my teeth as becoming mm -hmm. a leader. Yeah, because, totally. Because I, it became my job not to get everyone to clean all the time, but to actually just empower them to keep doing what they were doing mm -hmm. and to learn from that. And so I learned mm -hmm. a lot about giving and receiving feedback mm -hmm. at, at that place. And I don't know if you had that same experience or if it was... So uh, when I started Pete's, I was 17. Mm -hmm. I was the youngest person working for the company at that point in time. I'm sorry, I was 18. I was still the youngest person working for the company. Mm -hmm. um, it was 240 employees. I was under 21. The Christmas party was at the 20 Tank Brewery, which doesn't exist anymore. And I still got in and still got drunk. And I worked with them long enough to where, when I left, I was the director of new stores and I opened 30 stores in a year. That's like practically one a week. Like huge. That's a lot. Yeah. And I had a lot of really signal moments um, going in there. People that you still know, that I still know. Patrick Main lives right up the street, like two blocks away with his husband. And Cheryl Magat is right over there. And I don't know if she's after your time, but she's no, four I, blocks in I that. Know her. Yeah. yeah. So Cheryl's four blocks in that direction mm -hmm. with Damien. Um, and these are, I had enough signal moments and enough special moments and enough special people there that I'm still surrounded by that today. Mm -hmm. You're, it's been two decades and you're at my table and yet you live in Minneapolis mm -hmm. and I'm in Oakland and 
And I've been on a picnic tour all week. All week. Um, so, yeah, so a few moments that I had that were really kind of amazing. There's one that has always stood out, uh, and it was Bonnie is Mirian, a manager that I only respected for one comment and one comment only um, because I was managing a store that was well outside the boundaries of what was considered local. It was Mill Valley, right? So, oh, oh that's, God, you drive all the way to Mill Valley to work. I'm like, what? Um, but it was my one opportunity to become a manager. So I started as a barista, mm -hmm. became a shift lead, a financial closer, um, uh, had an accident that kept me out of work for a couple of months. And then when I came back, applied for the management program. And that was a point in time when you really had to apply for the management program. Like mm -hmm. you had to pretty much compete for it. But then... In an era when the minimum wage was four dollars and twenty five cents, pizza was paying eight fifty. Hmm. So it was a desirable job to mm -hmm. be there, um, and so much feedback, give and take. And let's just get it right out there. I'm a Leo. Um, I'm always right. Feedback. Hate feedback, but I got really good at giving and receiving it through this whole management training program that they did. So I'm working at the store that's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and Bonnie says to me. I walked in guns a-blazing, just like you tried not to. I walked in doing exactly that. And Bonnie said to me, quit trying to steamroller people and start bringing people along with you. Mm -hmm. And that is the phrase that, like, started my transition from being a staff person to being a leader. Mm -hmm. And then I had the days where I cried because it's still a food business. And I still opened in financial clothes and stock closed and wrote the schedule and did all those things in one day. And I walked out of that store and I cried in my car. Opening and closing in the same day is tough. Opening, mm -hmm. closing, stock closing. Oh, I kid you not. Like, I did it all. Yeah. Done. So, I mean, and they really sacrificed to be at Pete's in a lot of ways. Um, but they really gave it back in terms of training mm -hmm. and how to deliver and receive feedback and learn to be open to that. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it's 100% accurate, it doesn't matter. There's still a grain of truth there. Well, so a couple of outcomes that I'd like to get mm -hmm. as we talk about feedback. One cool. is giving people some tools for the actual delivery or receipt of feedback. Okay. Uh, and to talk, let's talk a little bit about how to inspire a team-wide mindset to achieve a culture of feedback. Because I, mm. I think um, I've, I've been on a quest ever since I left that um, microcosm where I thought there really was a culture of feedback. Uh -huh. And that it was normal day-to-day um, -day among everybody that worked there to give mm -hmm. each other feedback. It was very special. It's like a unicorn. I haven't been able to find it since. And I don't right. think it's... I don't know if it's something that is achievable across a whole organization. I guess it depends on the size, but that very much was like a little pocket of it. So um, I want to talk a little bit about how, um, how leaders in a company might inspire that same mindset mm -hmm. to, get, to get people to be thinking about that. Um, and the... I don't know. We've been in California for six days, so this might be a little... So you should just put on the Birkenstocks <laughs> and the big purple t-shirt and... So this we might be... Right? And buy a Subaru. So this, <laughs> so this might be me turning back into a hippie already. Right. But I right. think that there's an opportunity for work to be a better place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if we try to shift toward this mindset in some way. So mm -hmm. examples of good and bad feedback or... What are some examples of feedback that you've delivered that you're particularly proud of? Oh, um, so the difference between good and let's establish what good and bad feedback is. Really terrible feedback is 
in general, unspecific and timid. Mm-hmm. You've already committed to giving the feedback. Commit to the fucking feedback already. Yeah, yeah I think you kind of did a good job. Yeah. You kind of, thanks for doing that. Okay. Yeah. Good job. That's great. You know, it's like, okay, I kind of feel good for a second, but I'm not 100% sure what I did. I don't know what to do again. I don't know what to do again. <laughs> and I don't know how well to do it, et cetera, and so on. So specificity is really the big deal with feedback. And it's the thing that people, and I point two is that people are afraid of giving feedback, especially in today's litigious culture and all these things. Mm-hmm. Like, it has really changed even since you and I were you know, newly emerging managers and leaders within a company is that, you know, it's become exponentially more litigious, exponentially more rife with fear for people who own or run companies or in leadership Maybe in California. In California, for sure. I mean, definitely for sure. Um, And whether or not that fear is true or unfounded, you know, that's up for debate, right? It Mm -hmm. really does depend on how committed somebody is to going to court more than anything else. Right. Um... But I find that in any culture where people are not afraid to actually de- to deliver the feedback and to be specific about what it is that they want, good feedback is timely, it is specific, it's measurable. Is it smart? It is almost smart. Specific, measurable, But it's not it's a goal, so it's not time-bound, right? So <laughs> I'm not... like, I'm, I'm, you've already done it. I don't need to put a deadline on it. Right. But it's true. Thank you so much for taking the time to do X. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it, and this is how... This it affected me and my mm-hmm. team. This is what we were trained to do. Yeah. I'm so sorry. What you're doing right there is actually not correct. I would much prefer if you did X over Y. Mm-hmm. And this is why mm-hmm. I want you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't want to, in this short attention span theater culture, want to take the time to think about what they're doing or saying. Don't They want almost everything to be anonymous. I really think mm-hmm. the internet is really a big part of this. And I'm not going, oh, boo-hoo, the internet. I love the internet. It's the source of all cat videos. I mean, and all kinds of fun things <laughs> for me. I'm very happy on the internet. It's a great place. Mm-hmm. I have never... There are a few things that make me laugh that hard. <laughs> and if there's a thing, there is porn of it, right? So you can find it all on the internet. Um, that said, it's developed this whole thing of, like, I don't want to have to actually interact with anybody. I don't want to have to interact with somebody else who isn't doing what I'm doing. And I'm afraid to tell people what it is that I want and need. And I think that people find interacting with me and probably you and probably you. I don't, we don't have a huge history, Josh. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not afraid to tell you exactly what I want and what I need and how I want it. And that's it's true. She's not afraid at all. I'm not. I didn't, I didn't think that you were. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. But that's different for people. Mm-hmm. suddenly I'm a unicorn I'm like I'm really not a unicorn guys I just know what I want and I know how to say it mm-hmm. and I'm well, not afraid to I think if you follow those those principles that you laid out then yeah. specific measurable yeah yeah the um then feedback doesn't have to be positive or negative it's just information it just is it's mm-hmm. just information so and if people treated it more just like data Right. I love data. I love data. Data's too. amazing, right? It's just ones and zeros. It is just information. How you interpret that and how you how you apply it to your performance in your daily life, it that's you applying a good or a bad filter to it. Right. right. Otherwise it's just data. Right. It's just information. It's how, you, how you act on the insights. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think is important in giving feedback mm-hmm. is 
um, making sure that the person knows that right, it's feedback. <laughs> I'm just laughing because you really just nice. pulled a whole bottle of bourbon up to your nose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the bourbon, not bourbon. The bourbon, not bourbon. I thought you were going to just take a big swig. So did I. I, I could. Like, here, like, you want well, me to? Here we go. I know it's alcohol. It's self-sanitizing. It's self-sanitizing. Self <laughs> yeah, you dig in. Um, <laughs> I think it's important when giving feedback that the person knows that the reason you're doing it is because you genuinely, genuinely want them to do better at right. what they're doing. That it's, it's mm -hmm. about, this isn't about, I want you to do what I want. It's about, I want you to be better at your job. And some of that is, is how you approach that person in general, right? Yeah. Like I, at Pete's, had as many negative as I did positive experiences. There was one woman who actually, because I gave her honest and timely feedback that was totally just like, I want you to be better, called me a bitch. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> you know, uh-uh. You what? do not get to call me names. Don't say that because there was actually someone named Felicia and Pete's and you didn't fire her. Well, yeah. By Ever. Felicia is an internet reference. Yes, by Felicia is an internet reference. <laughs> it's the movie Friday. So, giving and receiving feedback. Yes. There's giving it. You yes. approach it as, I'm delivering you information. I want you to actually be better. Sometimes. A level of fearlessness. Level of fearlessness. Yes. And investment. Yes. Yes, I like you. I think you're amazing. I would like you to be amazinger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you this information. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes people go, no, fuck you. I don't want information. Yeah. And you have to say, well, then you might not be the best fit for this job. Right. Because this is a place where we learn and grow. So like putting a lot of care into what you're saying. And like a lot of like forth. Like you're saying it in a timely way. But you're also saying like, this is how I'm going to present this. Like. And, and giving a lot of care to what you're saying. I was always very nervous delivering feedback. Mm. Um, and I have delivered feedback in areas and topics that are really super sensitive. Like, I have had to tell employees that they smelled bad. Mm -hmm. Would you like to have that conversation? No. Because that's not I've fun. I've had to do that. I've, I've had to do with that. With friends. Yeah. I've had to tell you. people that they the have worst. to shower before they come to work. I didn't, it was more like, what is going on with you? Because this is an issue now. And what you find out if you stay open and you stay specific and open to delivering the feedback. So there are two things here that I'm hearing. One is like, I already know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to give you this feedback. There's the secondary part, which is, I don't know what's going on. And so I'm going to seek first to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? And so in this scenario, it was a seek first to understand thing. You smell terrible. <laughs> I, and that is not what I said. But I was like... <laughs> here's the thing. Like, you smell Here's the thing. Horrible. Your smell here's doesn't thing. really fit in with the it whole... It doesn't fit in with the whole, like, we want to smell good thing. Uh, <laughs> but it was clearly a change for this person's behavior. Mm. And so the question really was, is what is going on? Mm. Are you okay? Place to live? What's happening? Yeah, didn't have a place to live and it couldn't do their laundry. It wasn't so much about not being able to bathe. It was that they couldn't wash sure. their clothes. Mm. So we handled that scenario um, in a couple of different multifaceted ways. But once you understand what the issue is, once you seek first to understand and you understand the scope of the issue, then you can respond more fully and more appropriately. Mm -hmm. And that is really the key to... Delivering feedback has two tags. I know exactly what's happening, or I don't know what the fuck is going on, and mm -hmm. you have to understand which one of those there are. Receiving feedback is tougher. I think so, too. Yeah, I can deliver feedback all day long. I'm very good at making decisions. 
Do you know? Would you like me to make some right now? Because I will. Sure. Do you want to yes. know what kind of feedback I hate getting? Mm. Positive feedback. Yeah, I don't really like I it. I fucking hate it. Tell me how I can get better. Yeah. Get better scrub. Yep. Uh, yeah, but don't tell me you're doing a I'm great job. About. I don't. It's feel... embarrassing. Yeah. Although I get. It's I, I don't know if that's a Minnesota good. thing. Do you feel that way? I totally feel that. That's okay. not a Minnesota thing. That's okay. a powerful woman. It's a thing. human thing. Well, I don't think it's a human I'm thing. I'm not a powerful woman, so but I really? I feel that sure. way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm I think it's more predominant. I think it is. I think it is more predominant amongst mm-hmm. female professionals, or female identified professionals, is that there is a, a sense of I am not supposed to be here. The idea that somebody calls me a vice president every day at work is astounding to me. I'm like, really? I rent an apartment. Yeah. I don't own a home. I can't be a VP. That's not a thing. Well, I... So it seems like... I fake it to make it every day. To provide you feedback, it seems like you're walking in with an expectation of what a VP is. It seems like when I walk in to go get feedback that I'm always going to be told that I'm doing something terrible. And then if you turn around, and I am always waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm also very clear on the fact that I excel regularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Regularly. It is not, here's the goal. I'm going to go five feet beyond that. To me, mm-hmm. to me, the problem I have with it stems from my upbringing. Yeah. You know, like, okay, you're telling me all this great stuff about me, but now what is the bad stuff? Now what like, do I need to work on? Stuff. But, and then on the other side of that, it's awesome to feel like you're a rock star and that mm-hmm. you've got it all together. But, like, there has to be something I could be, like, rocking out here on. Right. But also working the, at this angle, That's, too, so to you're get saying better. It has to right. Be so I forgot to pay right. my taxes last year. That's my... T- uh. <laughs> Did I straight you up? You heard it here yeah. first. Did you heard it here first, IRS. Did they give you feedback? The, the IRS is not giving me feedback yet. I'm waiting for it to arrive. But you use the word yet. Yet. It's on the way. <laughs> but I, you know, I think it is one of, uh, it's a factor for people who regularly do better than and strive to do better mm-hmm. than. I was always the kid that finished the test first. You know, I wanted the blue ribbon. If it wasn't the blue ribbon, it wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't just a cheerleader. I was captain of the cheerleading squad. That's, so you're a try uh, Yes, hashtag true story. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, which is not so, you know, so it's like, you know, uh, when I got my first job, I got my first job when I was 15. You know, I didn't wait until I was 16. Well, I'm glad you beat there. Were but you like, what, 11? I was. I was an embryo. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but here's the Man. thing: it's like I either got like the most percentage I could get on a raise, or it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, I either did I read more books than the next person, I tested higher than the next person, I sat in this percentile. And you're and you're feeling weird about being a VP now, because a little seems, bit. It seems like that's. Do you need you... to be president? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, internally, yes, but externally. <laughs> It's something where you you wonder, there's a little part of you inside that sits there and says, do you deserve this? Am I actually good enough for this? Am I just faking it to make it? Am I that good? And there's, it's this, mm-hmm. it's the polar opposite of the bravado that you yeah. put out there to be like, that's right, bitches, come and get yeah. it. Well, so I and then you get that. home and people get to see this other side of you, which is like, I'm really actually not worthy. I, I think this is important because yeah. this is the kind of, insight that leaders of people need to understand is this dynamic that happens yeah. and internally is um 
I am not comfortable receiving positive feedback about my performance. I want to do the best I can every yeah. day and, and don't feel satisfied unless I'm doing better than my best. Right. However, and, I, and the feedback that I want, that I most look forward to and most value is what I can do to do better. Mm -hmm. However, I like to feel appreciated and I like to yeah. feel supported. Right. So what kind of language do leaders need to use with people like us who want to feel supported and appreciated but don't want you to gush. Honestly, if you do anything more than say thank you, I'm freaked out. Mm. Really? A little bit. A little bit, right? Like for me, it's something where it's like actions speak louder than words. Sure. And show, it is show really me. like show me, don't tell me. Sure. And it's also, it's very much related to how I learn. I would rather do, not be told. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to be told how to do something. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Do it how I want to do it. I'm going to do it how I want, you know? Yeah. But if you show me how to do something, I'm more likely to participate. I'm more likely to take that on as my own. I'm more likely to make it mine. And once I make it mine, then I own it. And then once I own it, it's like, it's the pet, right? It's the right. George. It is named and it is the deal. And that's kind of the feeling that I have around my staffs or my teams or the people who surround me on a daily basis that I work with. One of the things that I've been really impressed with with this company that I'm working at is that with almost virtually no infrastructure, no infrastructure, like there are no job descriptions. There's no, you know, like so much footwork has to be done and it's doable and fixable and it's fixable quickly. The passion with which people approach what I'm doing right now is amazing to me. Hmm. I am, I feel like I'm finally back in that era of like, there are eight Pete stores, and let's grow it to be 250. How, how many people work where you are? I want to say under 100 mm -hmm. across three restaurants and a commissary. Mm -hmm. You know, that's good, mm -hmm. you know, especially given that there are three shifts for, in every location. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I'm kind of, everybody's really also very happy and very committed, mm -hmm. just randomly. Like, why am I so invested in why a cappuccino looks X way? Mm -hmm. Why can I not touch the coffee machine until I can take a six-hour training? It's that <laughs> level of commitment. And it's right. nice to be back in that space. Yeah. The trade-off is, is that you work with some people who are so committed that it gets a little crazy. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So approaching that at 44 versus 24 is very different. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nope. Not working Sunday morning. Sorry. <laughs> There's nothing happening on Sunday morning. All the restaurants are closed. Commissary isn't actually operating. There's no reason for me to respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boundaries. I'm far more restrictive now about when I will respond to feedback or input or data or any mm -hmm. of those things because you can, you can you send balance. me that feedback. You can send me that feedback at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. 22-year-old me would totally have freaked out and responded. 44-year-old me is like, I'll talk to you Monday. Mm -hmm. Hey, so... We had to do a random questions jar from back at the ranch. We couldn't do yep. it in California because we didn't bring our random questions jar to California. Which right. would have been timely because there was a lot of ranches where we drove through in California. There what? The ranch is here. This is the ranch. Oh, this is... Okay. We're yeah. back at the ranch. We are back at the ranch. And I have the random questions jar in my hand. And Amy, I have to choose for you. Okay. Um, I'm, I trust. 
I feel like I'm witnessing some, the selection. I feel like there's uh-huh. some pressure. How many here. times are you going to choose? Is it just one or do I get the best of three? Just one. No, just, just, one. just one. Just one. Okay. okay. So I always like to go towards the middle at the bottom. That's, That's where what I, I did. Throw. That is okay. totally what I did. This is why I trust you. And I'm going to, you're going to have to submit a question jar. You can just text it to me. Yeah. I mean, not oh, okay. a jar. You're going to have to submit a question. You have to text her a jar. I think there's an emoji you can choose there that, probably w- is. that is fitting. It's almost like we are still drunk. <laughs> but we're not. Because we're, we're, we're back at the ranch. And we are not as drunk as that day. No. Okay, this is actually... Oh my God, I love this question. Whoever okay. put this question in the question jar, you have to call me so that I can tell you how awesome you are for putting this question in. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to take a picture of it. Okay. What makes Are you going to text me a picture of it? I will, but I'm going to put a picture of it on the internet because I'm in love with this question. Okay. What makes you spectacular? Be honest. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right? <laughs> and no spe- BS. What makes know, you spectacular? Be honest. But actually, I was just thinking that I'm spectacular in so many ways. You were thinking that already? <laughs> That which way, what, what kind of spectacular? Mm. Like work spectacular It doesn't is, specify. It just says, doesn't specify. What makes me spectacular? Um, that, uh, so I'm allowed to swear on the show, right? If I remember correctly. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah please. Okay. please do. Please uh, do. I've said this before uh, in a couple of different venues. Um, the thing that makes me spectacular is that I live my life by the rule of fuck yes or no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's it. And that has um, definitely opened the door to more spectacularness and uh, abilities to do things that I didn't think I had and uh, explorations of things that I wouldn't normally do. So if I stayed in my lane. Yeah, don't stay in your lane. I don't don't stay in my lane. Well, stay in your lane while you're driving on like coastal roads. For sure. sure. That's advisable. Yes. We noticed That's a couple of people good. not doing that. Yeah. And it was not cool. It was at not all. great. Uh, well, yeah. can you say more, though, about what you mean by um, fuck no or yes? Oh, fuck yes fuck or no? Yes or, or no. No. <laughs> right. no is just the normal one. <laughs> I was so the idea here is that unless you can say fuck yes to something, like fuck yeah, you're just not going to do it. Oh. Yeah. You just don't do it, right? And so I will take, and I apply this rule to everything from what I'm going to have to dinner to where I'm going to work. It's that if I cannot get it, if I can't get it up for something, there's no reason to do it. I don't know if I could. So do you say fuck yes to taxes? Fuck yes, it's tax season. Because I don't like going to jail. Yeah, so you do, if you can't, if you can't say fuck yes to it, then you just don't bother to do it. So if you Mm. aren't that excited about having grilled cheese turkey sandwiches for dinner like we did tonight, I was fine with it, by the way. Yes. Because I'm getting a look right now. I was fine with it. But if you can't say fuck yes to that, do you just not eat dinner? Well, I, yes, that's true. Yeah. If I'm not excited about eating dinner, then why would I eat it? But what if you are hungry, but you don't just want that? Then I find the thing that makes that grilled cheese and turkey sandwich delicious. Like, does it just need a pickle for me to say fuck yes? Oh, I wish we would have thought of that. 
Because yeah. we do have pickles. We do. That's for sure. Right? Sounds pretty, yes. Sounds pretty good. So, so you find that if you, if you can't get excited about what is right in front of you, either find the thing that will make you excited about it, or it's not that that rule doesn't require some exploration mm-hmm. and questioning. It is that if you can't find that thing that's going to make you say that, then you just shouldn't even, you should not mess around with it. No, that makes sense. I like it. Like, yeah. If you're too lazy to, or like, or not engaged enough in it to go, to add a, a pickle. pickle would make this good, then, uh-huh. hey, maybe you just need to hold off a little bit longer. I was too. Have a glass of water. Yeah. Get a little bit more hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, no, that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Because my other motto is stay hungry, bitches. No. Do you have to be? Do you have chef. to be a bitch to stay hungry? <laughs> I think she's messing with that. <laughs> okay. Yes. No. Well, so, Amy, I need you to to text me a question to put into the random questions mm-hmm. jar. I will text you a question, and I'll write it on a piece of orange paper, and it's going to go in there, and it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited. Thank you for. Um, intergalactically recording this podcast with us yeah across I'm, across i'm so excited space and you two are states. you are our first skypeanist <laughs> i feel like i have um i feel like i'm breaking boundaries for you yeah Skypen- that's for sure skypeanist and i'm yeah. i'm so glad that you guys said fuck yes to to continuing and doing this by skype because we really did get too trashed <laughs> we did yeah <laughs> and we we wanted to i was glad we had taken an uber we we yeah. wanted to do this um this kind of skype nautic journey and you and getting stop. <laughs> you gotta stop it uh yeah so i'm this is awesome Kay. glad to glad to do this Yay. good well thanks well, thanks lady uh and hello to david and hello to cheryl I will pass that along um, and a hello and much love to you both. And I will, maybe we can do that second episode via Skype sometime. Yes, that would be nice. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. All right. Take care, you guys. Okay. okay. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter at ProHumans, on our Facebook page, ProHumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash prohumans or go the easy route and log on to prohumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more this is danger wishing you a professional week